Good morning. Good morning, Mark. How's it going, buddy? Man, we're doing good. Just uh, got home from a uh, a road last week and yeah. uh, have a day or so at home, and then heading to Nashville on Thursday for the uh, for the big you know for the big show at the Wild Horse. Yeah, the Blue Dizzy and your friends Andy Griggs and Jamie O'Neill are going to be there. What's it like to work with them? You know, I toured with Andy uh, several years ago when uh, me and him and Daryl Singletary did a thing together. And then I did some stuff, you know, throughout the Mercury days. And then uh, after that with uh, with Jamie as well. So this will be a, this will be a fun little evening just to get there, you know, get to Nashville and play some 90s country and just have a good time. So uh, Thursday, uh, knowing Joe Denham, he's going to wear something wacky. It's the 90s throwback party. You plan on wearing anything funny for that night? You know, no. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, good answer. Never. I've never been to one of these shows. They called me about doing this and uh, and asked me, you know, if I would be interested in it. And I said, Yeah, man. I, you know, I'd love to do it. And you know, I, I think as as I still live in Atlanta, so you know, I, I don't get out in Nashville very often to. Yeah. You know to check out these these pop up shows and stuff like that, but uh, but who knows? I may I may throw something I may throw something in there just to be a little different. Hopefully, it's not a scrunchie. <laughs> no, no, there is no man bun on this fella. Awesome. Hey, speaking of Atlanta, it's funny you brought that up. I was doing some show prep, just catching up on what you've been up to, and I ran across this article you did a couple of years ago for the Atlanta Business Chronicle. I did not know for one. You're from Atlanta or the Georgia area, and two, I didn't know that you were in the music scene there. Tell me more about that. Well, I'm not near as much in the music scene there, you know, or here as I used to be. I mean, yeah. I started out singing in clubs and, uh, you know, and, and doing stuff with, you know, uh, just different organizations. Um, but, you know, but I've, I guess for the last 23, 24 years, mainly my my scene has been you know located in nashville gotcha gotcha well i saw in this article you and like travis tritt and a few others back in the day got your got your careers going there and it just i never would have thought Atlanta. well i think what, what happened what happened for me back in the beginning was you know instead of moving to nashville where everybody wants to be yeah you no know, that's that's where everybody moves to it was kind of a i thought it was sort of a smart decision to stay close to home because there was a big music scene in in, in atlanta there's still a decent music scene in atlanta but back in you know the early 90s there were there's literally 10 places 10 good sized places that you could play country music you know i got my start at the buckboard travis got his start at miss kitty's uh, you know, which is the same place Confederate Railroad got their start. Oh. Darren Norwood, uh, you know, who unfortunately left us a couple years ago, got his start at the Buckboard. I mean, there was, you know, Trisha Yearwood. There's just a there's just a plethora of of country music that came out of the state and still coming out of the state. Oh yeah, definitely. There's a lot of Georgia boys being played on the radio right now as we speak. Uh, hey, I saw on your Instagram uh, this uh, picture. You're at the Waffle House and. You've got something there about talking about your daughter's wedding. What's you get? You got a kid getting married now? <laughs> well, I've been doing this a while. You know, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people think that uh, that I've been, uh, you know, that I'm an old guy, but I'm really not. I mean, I'm 46. I uh, and and I guess if you're 20, 46 is old. But yeah. you know, if um, 
Yeah, my my oldest daughter uh, just turned 21, and she's getting married next year, and all that kind of good stuff. So we're you know we're preparing for weddings and all the uh, festivities that go along with that. What was the most surprising thing you've learned or experienced in the process of helping your daughter get married? You know, that is that's that's a tough question. I think just all the things that go into it. You know, when when my wife and I got married, I think we did uh, I think we did one tasting. You that's know? it. <laughs> and uh, and for them, sorry, I don't know. My phone started beeping there. That's all good. Um, uh, for you know, for them, you know, they've done multiple tastings and all those things that go along with, uh, you know, with with the wedding. You know, you got to go taste the the cake, and you got to go taste the food, and you got to taste the hors d'oeuvres, and you got to do all that, and then you got to <laughs> go back and forth to the venue and all those things. My wife and I, it was a it's a much simpler time when we got married back in 1996. Yeah. Well, um, I got to see a moment uh, a few months ago for you. You got inducted into the Grand Old Opry, and on top of that, Craig Morgan and Vince Gill helped make that happen. What? Just talk about that experience with us real quick. You know, Big Rick, I'll tell you, that was, uh, that was probably my career highlight. You know, yeah. I have, I think every country artist, every person that ever sings country music, we all have our individual goals. We all have our things that we want to accomplish. But I, but I would highly, I would highly think that one of those main goals for any country music musician, singer, you know, band member, whatever, is to be a member of the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I had played there like, 256 times before you know before I was asked to be a member and there are people that have played there more you know I think uh, I think the beautiful thing about the Opry is when you when you uh, when you basically give the Opry your word that you're going to be there um, un- until you're not able to be there and uh, you know and, I, and, I, and and again living in Atlanta sometimes that makes a makes it a little more difficult yeah you know, to get to get back and forth up there it's it's one of those things where they can't call me an hour out and go hey man somebody canceled can you be here in 30 minutes no i live you know 4 hours away but yeah. uh, you know but but Craig and and Vince uh the entire cast and crew uh the Opry band you know Sally Williams who was uh who was heading up the Opry at that time uh you know her and Gina and Dan just the whole the whole staff of the Grand Ole Opry made it such an amazing uh, evening for me, you know, to to be there and to get invited to be a new member of the Grand Ole Opry. And then, you know, three weeks later, get inducted into the Grand Ole Opry was was truly one of the most special things ever. Uh, it would it would have to be it would have to be a, a mighty miraculous event to ever surpass, yeah. uh, you know, those two evenings. Wow. Well, I can't think of anybody more deserving than you. Seriously. I mean, you've had uh, some iconic country music hits like 19-something, uh, Don't Laugh at Me, which is probably my favorite tune of yours. Yeah, you mind telling me the story behind that song real quick? Well, Alan Shamblin and Steve Seskin wrote that song. And, uh, you know, I, I will I will tell you, you say that it's your favorite song. It's my favorite song, too. You yeah. know, I think... Um, I think in our world today, sometimes we we put the focus on on different type of songs, or, or or you know music that, in my opinion, um, 
wouldn't be what I would select to sing. You know, I, I always chose to sing songs that I felt were timeless and would be timeless. Um, you know, we released Don't Laugh at Me 21 years ago. I mean, my daughter was born. My oldest daughter that's getting married was born the year that that song was released. Holy cow. And Yeah. <laughs> and and still, and, and when you have a song that is 21 years old and still impacting people, uh, that that to me speaks like amazingly about the power of music. You know, to uh, to have had a song that was a number one record, but more importantly than being a number one record, uh, wa- allowed people to say what they had always felt. Yeah, um, that's that's amazing. Yeah. and uh, you know, and and my hat is off to Alan and Steve. I have got to do many, many, many events over the years with those guys, uh, you know, playing that song. Uh, because I, the truth is, I'm just the voice behind it. I wasn't the guy that wrote it. But uh, but I am above and beyond proud to have been the, the person that, that put, that, uh, put that song, gave that, that song a voice and, and released it to country radio. Well, I had to tell you a personal story real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, when that, I, I, I can't remember what year that song came out, but I remember. 1998. Okay, so that was my senior year in high school, okay. and I just recall um, hearing that song often uh, during a period of time where I went through some bullying personally in school, bullies yeah. being made fun of, and that song kind of changed it for me. Yeah. Uh, and when you're graduating high school, you're also transitioning to a different phase of life. You're, you're starting to become an adult, go to college, and I feel like that song helped me transition to that point in my life. So thank you. Thank well, you man, for that I, song. That is that's very nice of you. Thank you for saying that. I, I I truly believe that I truly believe that Don't Laugh at Me has given a lot of people that same that that same feeling. Uh allowed them to um basically put into words the way they feel. You know, and and, and it's a and it's a general song. I mean I think there are a lot of people that have different, you know, situations that that maybe the song doesn't speak directly about, but I think it also is one of those things that sometimes uh, the song opens the communication yeah. for for how people feel about something. I'm I'm honored to have been the guy that sang that song, and and I, I truly believe that if my career continues for another thirty or forty years, uh, that will always be my favorite song to sing. I uh, I also have one opinion. I don't know if you agree with this. I've been doing country radio for 20 years now, country radio, and uh, I feel like a song like Don't Laugh at Me or some of the other songs you've written and other artists have written f- from that time, uh, th- th- those lyrics really connected with people. It was more than just the, the guitars and the instruments. I mean, it, it was that personal connection that that music had at that time that I feel like country music doesn't have as much as it did today. What, what are well, your I agree with that? that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think we have, I think we have succumbed, uh, and I, and I don't mean this negatively toward any of the artists. You know, let me let me say that first. Yeah. But I think we have succumbed to the to the powers that be wanting to make country music what pop music was, more of you know more of that feel good uh, you know party party type stuff and that's okay there's there's always been some of that you know throughout history there's there's all you know the boot scooting boogies and you know the john deere green songs like that i mean those were those were songs that i was singing in the in the club and 
and you know, and and those are just great feel good songs. Yeah. You know, but I think the one thing that country music has always had are those great songs that make you think. Those great songs that that allow you to to put personal feeling into it or to have that emotion. And because I think that's what music is. I think music is emotion. It makes you happy, it makes you sad, it makes you tap your toe, you know, whatever it does. And and I think that in today's world we have gotten away from lyrical content and and went more in the direction of just trying to find that that little hook or that little riff and and we write songs upon that and I think that's where country music has sort of lost its way that's that's why in the in the in the world that I'm in right now you know in recording a new record we yeah. have very much tried to go back and find great songs that tell great stories yeah. and you know and and put those out uh and hopefully in the next you know, six months, you'll have some new Mark Wills music that you'll be like, man, this is this is unlike anything that we're hearing on the radio these days. You know, you just read my mind. I was going to transition right into that new music. I saw that you told Taste of Country a few months back. New music is coming. Now, this is going to be your first album in quite a while. Talk about what it's like to get back in that saddle. Well, it's it's been really nice because back in the day when we were at Mercury Records, uh, you know, we didn't necessarily get to do what I wanted to do. You know, I felt yeah. like I felt like sometimes in when you're when you're an artist and you're at a record label, the record label dictates what they need from you much more than what you as the artist want to say. Right. And uh and so in in our world today, I kind of took a different philosophy. I didn't have a record company. I didn't have somebody telling me I need four of these, I need two of these, I need, you know, three of these. I went in and recorded great songs. And then, you know, after after we're done with, you know, with putting this project together, then we're going to take it to record companies. We're going to take it and shop it. And if nobody wants to deal with that, or if nobody wants to to back a, a great song-driven project, then we'll do it ourselves. Because in 1996, you didn't have that option. Even in 2000, 2001, you didn't have that option. So, you know, so here we are, and and we're transitioning into a different phase of my career. And uh, and I and I honestly couldn't be more happy about it. Um, I was talking to Little Texas at um, at uh, CMA Fest this year, and yeah. uh, I, I introduced them before their set, and uh, they were telling me that they are playing a lot of colleges now, a lot of younger audiences. Uh, folks are rediscovering 80s and 90s country. It's definitely making a comeback. How do you feel about that? I think they are. I think, it's, I think 80s and 90s country is just like, 70s and 80s rock mm-hmm. or early 2000 rock you know when 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 kids and i say kids when 10 12 15 16 year olds when they start really to you know sort of developing their own musical taste a lot of times that musical taste is derived from what their parents listen to yes you know yeah. and, and 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 that's that's okay there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that at all uh you know my daughter loves Ronnie Millsap and she loves Alabama. She loves Dan Seal. She loves but she's she's kind of a kind of a bird of a different feather because she literally listens to 
everything. Yeah. You know, uh, and so for me, uh, for me as, as that, that mid nineties, two thousands country act, you know, I think a lot of people are rediscovering, you know, our music. The, the, the thing about, I, the thing that I wish I could go back and change about my career is that when I was, you know, 1996, 1997 through 2003, 2004, I always put the emphasis on the song, you know, I always, always tried to find the best song and put the best song out there. And sometimes, sometimes that was not what my record label wanted me to do. They wanted, they wanted me to find sort of a, uh, you know, sort of a, a format and stick with it. And, you know, and I didn't do that. And, and, and so for me, you know, the songs, yeah. if you're a, if you're a, uh, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, uh, country music fan you know the songs you just don't know who i am and i'm okay with that right you know i wish i would if, if i had it to go back and change i would do that you but, know but i'm very content on being the guy who sang all these great songs that people love so i've heard that from a few other artists that i've interviewed over the years uh that that stay in your lane mentality from labels how how is that a bad thing for artists explain that to me well, I don't think it's a bad thing for artists. I think that that art, you know, who who knows you better than you? Good you know, point. I knew yeah. I knew what what I wanted to do. I wanted to put out great songs. You know, I, I I didn't understand the marketing side of it, and I probably still don't understand the marketing side of it because I don't like marketing. I like music. Uh, you know, I wanna I wanna be the guy that sings. You know, songs like Don't Laugh at Me and songs like 19-something and songs like I Do Cherish You. I want to be that guy. I want to, I want to be that guy that, that basically puts out the soundtrack to people's lives. Yeah. You know? Because that's what Alabama was for me. That's what Ronnie Millsap was for me. That's what Conway Twitty was for me. You know, uh, that, that's what I want to do. And, uh, you know, and we'll just keep plugging along and, uh, and, and continue to do that. And you know what? If, if I'm never... If I'm never the guy that that sells, you know, that as soon as the record puts out, you know, or the as soon as the record is released, you know, sells a million copies in a week, and you know, and has ten million streams at the end of the month, I'm okay with that. Yeah, because I feel like I'm I'm still being true to who I am, and I'm still being true to to what the people who have discovered me expect from me. One last question for you. Um, if there's one song that you could have written or recorded originally, what what would it be? Oh man, you got to <laughs> give me a lot more heads up on something like that because <laughs> it just depends on where you're going. It depends on what uh, depends on what mood you're in of the day. You know, I mean, I would have I had the opportunity. I'll, I'll tell you this: I had the opportunity early on in my career to record just to see you smile Ooh, which was which which was written song. by yeah. Tony Martin who wrote you know Jacob's Ladder and places I've never been and great songs like that for me yeah uh, he he brought me that song and I just didn't hear it you know I didn't hear it and um you know and one thing led to another and I I was driving down the road one day and I heard this song come on the radio and I'm like man why do I know this song why do I know this song <laughs> you know, and and so yeah, that kind of bit me in the butt, you know. Yeah, I love that tune, and uh, and I and and as soon as I heard McGraw's version of it on the radio, I was like, "Yep, that's I should have cut that one," you know. And then again, if you go back to more of the traditional country music, I would have loved to have been the guy that sang, uh, you know, "Don't Close Your Eyes." I'm a huge Ooh. Keith Whitley fan. Yes, me too. You know, yeah, huge Whitley fan. 
Um, there's just so many great songs out there that it would be very difficult to narrow down to that one. I just interviewed uh, Dylan Scott a couple weeks ago. Uh, he was out in Central City, Kentucky doing a show, and um, he's he just released a, uh, a, a Keith Whitley covers album. And if you've not had a chance to listen to it, it's incredible. Well, the funny thing about it is is that he recorded that record where Whitley recorded all of those hits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He recorded that at the Sound Emporium. Which is where Garth Fundus, uh, which is the guy who produced all those big hits on Whitley, that was where uh, that was he owned that studio. Yeah. So it was that was that, that was kind of a cool project to be able to go back in and record in the same room in the same vocal booth that you know that, that Keith recorded all those great songs in. So we're gonna see you at the Blue Dizzy here in just a few days uh, yeah. at the White Horse, excuse me, the Wild Horse Saloon. Uh, as far as touring's concerned, if they miss you there, wh- wh- where can they see you next? You know, it is uh, they can they can uh, always find me at the Grand Ole Opry a couple of times a month yep. in Nashville. Uh, you can always find you know the the best thing to do is go to markwills.com and and. Click on the the tour uh, side of it, and it has all of our dates listed. We're we're slammed this month. We're when we uh, when we see when we see when we get done uh, with this week, uh, we're in Texas and Oklahoma next week. The following week, we're at Epcot in Disney Ooh. for uh, several days for the Food and Wine Festival, and we come home from that, and we leave basically as soon as we get home from that. Going to you know going back out on the road again. So it's you know it's a uh, we've had a we've had a great summer. We've we've had a great beginning to fall, and uh, I don't even know if it's fall yet, but it feels like fall. The leaves are falling off the tree at my house here, so I've considered it fall. Holy cow! It's that but, time uh, of the year already. Yeah. Well, I, I got to personally tell you, man, you I've been a fan of yours for a long, long time. Uh, so honored to have you on the show. When that new single comes out, when it does come out, can I spin it first? Absolutely, <laughs> awesome. absolutely. Don't don't even don't you don't even have to ask that question. You can play it as many times as you want to, my man. All right, and our signal covers downtown Nashville, so we got to get we got to get some Mark Wills on the airways down in Nashville, right? Nice, nice. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. As soon as we uh, as soon as we get this new stuff done, I will make sure that you guys get a copy of it. All right, it's been a pleasure, Mark. So great to have you on the show. Can't wait to see you. Thursday night, I'll come backstage say hi to you real quick, too. Absolutely, Big Rick. Thanks for taking time to talk to us. Y'all be safe, and we uh, look forward to seeing you on Thursday at the Wild Horse. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it.